Hello everyone, welcome to Typhoon Talks, brought to you by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong. My name is Becky Bates, an analyst. Today we're joined by Claire Wang. Claire has over 10 years of experience in pricing strategy and is currently head of business development at FinFabric, a Hong Kong-based fintech company. Welcome Claire. Hi there. Pricing is the most important lever one can pull to influence profitability, but it's often been overlooked. Most people view pricing as just being science-based. What are some of the more mathematical ways of setting prices for goods or services? Yeah, I, I guess the simplistic way um, to price is quite mathematical, where you would just like add up the cost of producing something, and on top of that, you would just put a profit margin, and then voila, uh, you get what we call cost-based pricing. Uh, and in most industries, this is actually pretty straightforward. You know, it's just like a simple calculation of math. But in reality, pricing is almost never done based purely just on the cost. Uh, there's so many external factors that need to be taken into consideration. For example, competitor's price level, where you want to position your brand, or even you know the sort of signal that you want to send out to the market. So more frequently, you will probably hear people talking about matching the price that you want to charge for a product uh, with the value that your customers perceive when they use your product. This is what we call uh, value-based pricing. And th basically, the idea here is that um, the price will match the value of your product. So, um, so I, I guess this is the gist of it. And then on top of that, most pricing professionals um, also like to play with um, behavioral psychology. Uh, as we know, consumers are not always rational. And you can play psychology to your benefits to further enhance your revenue. I think that's where it gets really interesting, so we'll dive into that. How can you leverage the psychology of pricing? Well, there are a lot of well-known psychological tricks that people use in pricing. Uh, my personal favorite is called decoy pricing. And this is probably best explained by an experiment conducted by my favorite behavioral economist, uh, Dan Ariely. Uh, he's also the author of the book, Predictably Irrational. And if you haven't read the book, I would highly recommend it. It's just a uh, very, very interesting read. Um, so anyway, here's the story. Uh, one day, Ariely was just browsing on the economics website, so the magazine's website, and he came across um, their subscription model, which basically provides um, people with three different options. So the first option is an online-only offer, which costs 59 US dollars per month. Um, and then the second option is a print-only option where you pay $125 per year. And then there's this third option where you also pay $125 per year, but you get both online access and a print copy. So when he saw that, he was like, yeah, you know, th this is kind of weird, right? I mean, who will pay $125 just to get a print-only when you can pay the same price and, you know, get like the print and the online access? Um, and then we're talking about people working at the Economist here, right? So some of the brightest minds in the world. So obviously those people must have done that for a reason. <laughs> um, so what he decided to do is to sort of like replicate this as an experiment. Uh, at that time, I think he was teaching at MIT. So he decided to recruit some of his students to helping out with this experiment. Um, so he got like 100 students where he basically just presented to them like you know the three different options. And without a surprise, no one picks the middle option. 
So 16 people chose the first option, which is just to get the online access. And then 84 people chose the last option, which is to get both online and the print copy. So obviously, if no one chose the middle option, why do you have that in there, right? So in the second group, again, he got 100 students, and he presented just the first option mm -hmm. and the last option. And, and guess what? I mean, the number changed. So now he got 68 people choosing the online-only version, and then 32 choosing the online and print version. So I, I guess I don't even have to do the math here, and you'll see the difference. And imagine if you scale this up. Yeah, you definitely. Know, yeah, by having this decoy option in place, it, it just really helps you with increasing your revenue. That's a really interesting one. That's yeah, huge difference in numbers. Another interesting phenomenon um, all the pricing professionals would try to avoid is what we call uh, choice overload or paradox of choice. So the idea here is that even though consumers value having options, but when you give them too many options, um, they will have to invest too much energy trying to compare and make a decision. And in a way, it's like a psychological burden to them. And what typically ends up happening is that they will just give up. And you know they will walk out of the store thinking that this is all too hard, maybe I'm not gonna do it right now. Um, something that you don't want. Um, so a lot of experiments have been done in this field. One of the most famous one was done on jam. So what the researcher did here is that they set up two tables at a supermarket. On one of the tables, they display six different types of gems. Mm -hmm. And on the other one, they display 24. The hypothesis here is that the table with more options will get more sales because it is more likely to satisfy everyone's needs. Whereas you know, the table with less options, people will probably just come find you know, their favorite mm -hmm. gems in there. Um, so when they did that, what actually happened is that they found people are 10 times more likely to buy from the table when there are only six different options. So this is just an example demonstrating that, you know, sometimes having too many options is not necessarily a good thing. And you will see examples like this everywhere, you know, when you want to buy a mobile plan from your telco providers, or even when you go for a business lunch and they have this set business lunch menus. Um, so the takeaway message here is that even consumers tell you that they value options, don't give them too many options. <laughs> so when Apple's iPhone X hit um, the market, it made a lot of headlines because it broke the $1,000 mark. What does that tell us about the tie between pricing strategies and brand identity? Um, well, Apple is a very interesting example, I suppose. Um, it is very clear from the beginning that their strategy is to position themselves as the premium provider in the in the market. Well, at that time, I wouldn't call this as a smartphone market, uh, but they definitely don't want to be a value player. They mm -hmm. want to sort of be viewed as having this, you know, brand power in the market. Uh, and I mean, the cost of producing an iPhone X uh, from memory, I think it's around 370 or 360 US dollars. Uh, the rest really is just brand premium. Uh, and you know, and I guess on top of that, a product's price is really a powerful signal about its quality. Mm -hmm. um, so again, I'll give you another interesting experiment. Um, also conducted by Dan Ariely, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in this experiment, he and his colleagues um, give two sets of um, participants the same pill, mm -hmm. which 
which they told them this is like a painkiller. Uh, in the control group, they told them that you know the price of the pill was $2.50 per pill. And in another group, they told them that the price was discounted to 10 cents uh, from $2.50. And then they applied like a small electrical shocks to the participant's wrist. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I wouldn't recommend this to you to try at home. But <laughs> anyway, so when the price of the drug um, was $2.50, 85% of the participants uh, say that the pills actually reduced the pain. Mm -hmm. Versus when the price was marked down to 10 cents, only 61% believe that the pill actually reduced the pain. So, I mean, this is pretty interesting, right? I mean, like, they are essentially the same pill. And, and by this time, you probably think that consumers are pretty dumb, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it doesn't stop here. <laughs> so the, the pill was actually a placebo. So, you know, in both groups, people are actually were just given the sugar pill. This shouldn't have any impact yeah. at all. So I guess in this sense, uh, it is really the price that reduced the pain rather than the pill. So back to your question, um, I guess you just have to be very careful about you know, where you want to position yourself in the market and make sure that your pricing reflects the same message. Yeah, sure. I'm sure all Android phone makers are really, really happy hearing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all of these methods are based on psychology. Are there any variations between people in different cultures in how their brains are wired to view pricing? Yeah, this is this is a very good question. Um, I suppose um, most of the psychological research is typically done on what we call um, the weird participants. Uh, so Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic. So mm -hmm. as a result, it probably does not represent other cultural groups. Um, and I guess the most important message here is that when it comes to pricing, um, the very first step is always about understanding your customers. Um, as we always say, if you know what your customers are willing to pay, then pricing becomes a very easy task. You just price at the highest price point that you think your um, customers will pay. Um, but how do we get that sort of information? Um, that requires a lot of research both quantitatively and qualitatively. Um, so rather than just like generalizing cultural differences, I think it is more important to understand the segment that you are trying to target and then design your long-term strategy and short-term tactical um, based on you know what you think your customers or the segments are like. Sure, good advice. Um, so another kind of global question. We're in the middle of a lot of big changes in how we pay for things away from kind of physical stores and cash, at least outside of Hong Kong maybe. Um, will this affect pricing strategies um, as it makes pricing kind of more visible as people can compare prices more on online markets and things? Yes, indeed. Uh, with digital becoming probably one of the most important distribution channels and all price comparison websites, um, it, it's just much easier for consumers to compare prices on your mm -hmm. offerings. But in terms of pricing strategy, um, personally, I really don't think um, it will change that much. Uh, and the reason I say that is because very often people misunderstood that pricing is about putting a price point on things. Whereas in practice, it is more about trying to assess all the factors that could potentially influence customers' perception of value. 
and in all circumstances, you will really try your best to play around those other levers before you touch the actual price points. So I think you know it really depends on what you were trying to achieve, rather than just you know worry about like this new distribution channel or um, or yeah, like the the way you sell your products. Sure, sure. So kind of moving on to a different take on the topic, the psychological tricks are really interesting, but they are a li- they feel a little bit immoral maybe in the way that they trick customers. For instance, your example of including a third option which no one is going to choose but influences the way people select their products. Is there any legislation around these tricks or what's your personal view? Well, to be honest, I have firstly, uh, personally, I'm not really aware of any sort of um, legislations around this um, and then you know to be honest I'm not here to advocate deception <laughs> but at the end of the day I really think it is consumers choice um, so what I'm trying to highlight is really just you know for us as consumers be aware of this type of tricks mm. um, but then uh, for marketers you know just also learn about this and see how you can leverage that to help you with your pricing strategy. Yeah, and I guess with what you were saying before about it being not about what the cost of the good is, but about the value the customer places on it. Yeah. It's not really an issue, is it, if you think The Economist is worth that much money? Exactly. What about from a PR perspective? Have there been any pricing strategy campaigns that have led to brands' reputations suffering from using these tricks? Um, as mentioned, I think we live in a world of marketing and consumers these days are smart enough to, you know, make informed decisions. Um, and it's not like you're telling your customers that, you know, the cost of production is $100 and you sell them at 110 when in fact your true cost is like 10 bucks, right? Uh, I, I think if you do that, that will be deceiving and it's not good and it will really hurt your brand mm-hmm. and all the PR. But if you just play like consumer psychology, I think it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, and to my own awareness, I don't know any brands that have been hurt when they run too many of those campaigns. Um, however, if you constantly run campaigns that provide discount, then mm-hmm. after a while, people start seeing you as a value brand and they will probably be less likely to buy your product at full price. Okay. Uh, so this is just another thing to be aware of. And obviously, if this is something that you want, you know, if you want to be perceived as a value brand, then it's no problem by all means, just, just do that. But if this is not what you want, you just have to be very careful about how you position your marketing message to your customers. Sure, that's really interesting. To wrap up the episode, have you got any three key takeaways? The first one is probably, I think people naturally have the tendency that they they want to price low to drive mm-hmm. sales. Um, so the first message I want to say is that, you know, do not be afraid that you price too high, um, especially if you have a really good product. If you're not sure, price higher rather than lower, because when you price high and realize that, you know, you've made a mistake, you can always come up with some excuses to give people some discounts or run some tactical offers to sort of like compensate for the high price. Whereas if you price too low, it is almost impossible to increase the price without losing customers or generating some negative PR. Mm -hmm. The second message, uh, do as much research as you can. Uh, You'll be surprised how much you can learn just by doing user research. 
um, sometimes you even learn that consumers actually don't really care about the price. You know, they mm -hmm. just want to have a really good products. Uh, and you know, if that's the case, you don't even have to play on providing customers with a low price. You can just you know uh, price high and enjoy the profits. Uh, lastly, just keep it simple. A lot of the time, people forget that having a simple, straightforward pricing construct is not just important for your customers to understand, but also for your sales channel to explain. You know, having a very complicated construct, you know, not only it leads to misunderstanding, also increase the time in the, the entire sales process. Uh, and if people don't understand, they are more likely to bring back to the call center and ask you to explain mm -hmm. again. So all this type of things just adds up to your operational cost. Uh, and this is just something that, you know, you also need to take into consideration too. That's been a really fascinating introduction. Thank you very much, Claire. No worries. That's all we have time for today. Follow us on Twitter at Typhoon Buzz and on iTunes and SoundCloud at Typhoon Talks for more podcast episodes. Also, please visit our website www.typhoonconsulting.com for more industry points of views. We hope you'll join us again next time.